So let us read uh, today's scripture and then let us pray. Uh, we're going to read two places. One of them is um, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, this is one of the verses we've been reading so many times in the past. Uh, it talks about our identity and the authority and power that we have received. <clears throat> so Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. By the way, today's title is um, The uh, Evangelist Life. We've been talking about the life of evangel evangelist, especially today, the ripeness. Um, we'll go more in detail, but let us read chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 27 talks about who we are, our identity. Who are you? Okay. If somebody asks you, who are you? They may be asking your name, but in Christians, as a Christian, we need to be able to tell them who we are. We are? Who are we? When I ask, who are you? And your response should be, number one, what? I am a child of God. And who is with me? God is with me forever and ever. Okay? That's who we are. We're different. Okay? That's our identity. Secondly, God has given us the authority or power. What kind of power He, he has given us? Take a look at verse 28. God has blessed us, mankind, mightily, and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. In other words, multiply okay, in numbers. There's a lot of meaning behind that. But multiply, that is a blessing from God. Having children and, in, and, uh, and, and multiplying, that is a blessing from God. And fill the earth and subdue it. It says rule over. God has given us the authority to rule over all the creation that God has made. Okay? We are not under them, we are over them. God has given us the power to name each one of the animals that God created. We have that kind of knowledge and power. Not only that, He has given us power to rule over. Okay? The second verse that we're going to read, it's something that I tried to memorize so many times, and I encourage you to memorize this verse. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. This is who we are. Okay? In the midst of problems and uh, struggles and situations that you are in, I want you to remember this. Okay? We are different. We are different from all other people in this world. Okay? It says, we are hard pressed. Think about it. We are cornered. Okay? In four corners, we are hard-pressed. Can you imagine? I, I, whenever I read this um, verse, I imagine myself sitting in a room. There's no furniture, nothing but square. But all sides, it's crushing, pushing, okay? squeezing us. We're in that kind of situation. We are hard-pressed on every side, four sides, up and down. We are pressured. And the wall is pressuring, pressuring on us. Can you imagine that? There are some movies that we saw people just trapped in a, a room. Then the walls are pressuring, moving. They are moving on all four corners. But can you imagine just pressing upside, you know, all the sides. We are hard pressed on every side, but what? We are not crushed. That's who you are and who I am. Perplexed. Why? There are so many things in this world just alarms us. We're scared. 
we're alarmed by all the situations and happenings or events happening around us, around us, perplexed but not in despair. We're not in despair. Why? God is with us. That's who you are and who I am. Our identity is we are the child of God, we are the children of God, and God is with us. That's why. That's why we are not in despair, even though our situation is dire. Third, persecuted. Jesus Christ said, Behold, you will be persecuted. You're going to have a hard time in life. That is natural and that's automatic. Don't be alarmed if you get persecuted by your friends, politicians, your co-workers, by teachers. It is natural and automatic that if you are a child of God, you will be persecuted. Okay? I say auto-natural. Okay? I was thinking, you know, what is rightfulness? I mean, that's, I don't know, we don't hear rightfulness that many times in, in life. So I was thinking, okay, well, what is automatic and what is natural? So I came up with auto-natural. And be, lo and behold, I looked at the, you know, Google, and there's auto-natural. It's a, it's, a, it's a slang or it's a urban what do, you, what do you call Whatever the words that people use. But it is auto-natural. It's automatic and it's na- extremely natural that you will be persecuted. Okay? If you are not persecuted by non-believers, then something is wrong with us. We're not showing who we are in public. We are in disguise. You're Christians but you are working behind the scene and, and totally disguise yourself, acting like a non-believer. Okay? But you, if you are persecuted, then you are doing something for the Lord. And you are doing something, showing something different from other people. Okay? By words and by actions, you are doing something different. You will be persecuted, and it says that struck down, you will be struck down. Physically, emotionally, you'll be struck down by others. But what? But you will not be destroyed. That's who you are. Okay? That's who I am. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not destroyed. Okay? Not abandoned. Persecuted, okay, Persecuted, but not abandoned by God. God is with you. You know what God says? I will never leave you. I will never uh, uh, um, forsaken you. In other words, He's not going to leave and He's not going to just throw you, throw you away. You will not be abandoned. And struck down, we may be struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're going to stand up again. That's what Paul did. In Acts, he was evangelizing in one, one, one uh, city. People were not happy with what Paul said. They stoned him. He, he, they took him outside of the city and stoned him. And he just fell down and bleeding. And people thought that he died. But later on he got up. You know what he did? Most of the time we will curse that city. Man, I'm not going to come back to this city because they, they're rejecting the word of God. They're rejecting Christ Jesus. You know what he did? He stood up and shaken his, his clothes and then went back to the city and pro- proclaimed Jesus Christ. Wow. What kind of zeal and power he has. That's who we are in Christ Jesus. Okay? We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. We are perplexed, okay? But not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned by God. And then it says we are struck down, but we will not be destroyed by the world, by God. Remember this this is who we are, and that's our identity, and that's our power we have, okay? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for your amazing blessing of giving us the strength that we can stand up and shout that Jesus is the Christ and Son of the living God. And He is the answer for all the problems that we're facing on this earth. Lord, help us to, uh, to enjoy your presence in our lives. As we listen to the message today, let the Holy Spirit touch our heart and let our hearts be wide open and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior because that is the greatest thing, greatest gift that God has given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is what we have studied back uh, for, uh, beginning of, from the beginning of this, this year. Okay? And Acts chapter 1. Who is Jesus? Because that is the crux of the history. That is the crucial matter in our life. Who is Jesus? The world does not care about who Jesus is. Some people even doesn't even believe that Jesus is real. They don't believe that Jesus existed 2,000 years ago. Who's behind that? Satan is that. Satan is father of lies and every word that Satan spread is a lie. But Jesus came into this world to set us free from the bondage of sin and death and set us free from, from Satan. So who is Jesus? He is the Christ. What is the Christ? Christ is the title of Jesus. It's not his last name. Or it's not his nickname. Okay? Just like President uh, Trump. President is the title of Trump. Okay? Christ Jesus. Christ is the, uh, the title of Jesus. It's meaning the anointed one. The literal translation of Christ is the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one that we've been waiting. In the Old Testament time, the three types of people get anointed when they took up, up the position. Number one, king. Remember King David? Samuel uh, came by and looking for the, the president, not president, the king of uh, uh, the Jews. Okay? And what did he do? You know, David had a lot of brothers, but God chose David. And when Samuel found um, uh, uh, David, he poured down oil over David's head and anointed with, with oil. And he became the king of Israel. Okay? And second person, type of person that gets anointed with oil is prophet. Okay? When the prophet take up a position and call by God, they are anointed with oil. Third type of person that, uh, that get anointed with oil is priest. So Jesus Christ came as the King of kings and Lord of lords as well as prophet and priest. Why? Because of fundamental problems that mankind has, the problem of Satan. That's why Jesus Christ came as the King to set us free from the bondage of sin and Satan. Secondly, he came as the priest because mankind originally had a problem of sin. That sin problem, you and I cannot solve because we are all sinners. Sinners can save each other. There's no way we can save each other. We're sinners. We are full of flaws. We have sin nature. That's why sinless God had to come into this world. And his name is Jesus. And prophet came in Old Testament time and preached the message of God, the word of God. Jesus Christ came as the word. The word became flesh. Jesus came as the true prophet to show the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Wow, what a bold statement. What a truth he preached. Jesus is the Christ. Not only Jesus is the Christ, that's textbook answer. 
But for me, Jesus is the answer for all my problems in life. Do you have that answer? Do you have that kind of confession? It is important not only to know who Jesus is, but you need to acknowledge and confess that, yes, Jesus, you are the answer to all my problems in life. If Jesus is merely a Lord of Lords and King of Kings and prophet and king and and priest, it doesn't affect you at all. But the moment you realize and accept He is the answer to my problems, then it's going to make a great difference in your life. That's what happened to 12 disciples minus one. That's what happened to the first century church. They risked their lives and died in many different ways. Not only Jesus is the Christ, He showed the kingdom of God. When you accept Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the kingdom of God is upon us. And thirdly, not only we need to have the kingdom of God in our lives, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? In this world, Satan is our enemy. We need to identify who our enemy is correctly. Satan is our enemy. And he's using scheme and plan to attack you and me. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why the the disciples of Jesus Christ gathered together and prayed, devoted themselves and completely in prayer before they evangelized. Prayer is is key in our uh, Christian lives. And there's a heavenly mandate from God. He wants each one of us to be saved and come to know who Jesus Christ and be saved. He wants every one of the, the men and women in this world to be saved. And calling from God, God has called you and me as an evangelist, as a witness to share the gospel. Okay? It's not an option. I thought this was only gift. Okay? Preach, I thought that evangelism and preaching is a gift only given to certain people. Boy, I was wrong. God has mandated and called each one of you as witness because you have experienced Jesus Christ personally. You have something to tell other people. Wouldn't you? If you had a cancer, stage 5, it means this, the cancer spread all over your body and, and the doctor given you, you may have about a week to live. But all of a sudden, miracle happened. God cured them. Somehow you got cured. And com- not only just temporarily cured and lived a couple of years. I'm not talking about it like that. If you are cured and live more than five years, what, what would you do? You would sit down and do nothing? No, you wouldn't do that. Ten out of ten people will go out and say, Wow, this is what happened. This amazing miracle took place. And that's what evangelism is about. That's what proclaiming is about. Proclaiming the gospel is not persuading other people. Negotiate. It's not negotiation. It's a proclaiming. Bible says, go up to the mountain and proclaim. I don't care what other people say. Proclaim. Present the gospel to them. Whether they receive it or not. If they receive the gospel, it's the greatest blessing to them. If they do reject the gospel, it's one of the greatest curse for them. God did not tell us to persuade them. God did not tell us to illustrate them. God told us to proclaim the gospel. Amen? Amen. That's who you are and who how I am. With the authority given in Genesis chapter 128. Okay? Rule over and proclaim it. Amen? Amen? Amen. And our mission is what? Saving soul. One soul at a time. World evangelization. That is your goal and my goal. That is your, your vision and my vision. That is your purpose for life 
and my purposeful life. That's your objectives in life, my objective in life. That's why we're living. No more and no less. That's why you're studying. That's why we're making a living. Why? So many people are dying right now, but they do not know. What if your mother and your sister is going down to the path of fire at the end? The house full of fire, but they are blindfolded and they, they're heading toward that. What would you do? Wouldn't you stop them? We would. The world, the, most of the people are heading toward the house that's on fire, but they are blindfolded. The ear muffed. Fancy muff they put on. Fancy mask they put on. Fancy blindfold they put on, but they are marching because that road is wide. They're full of food, full of taste, but they're heading toward the wide road that lead to them to destruction. If you're watching them, what would you do? You gotta tell them. Okay? So today, we're gonna take Take a look at the, the rightfulness or auto natural. The gospel is bound to give us the auto naturalness. Meaning, what does that mean? Okay. There's no other things that work. Nothing works except through the gospel. Gospel is literally means good news. Okay. What is good news? What is good news? Having uh, publishers clearing house visit you and give you a million dollar check, that is good news? Maybe it'll give you temporary pleasure. And there was a stat saying that more than 70% of all the people who uh, have a lottery uh, become a lottery winner their end is, is miserable or more miserable than before. There's one guy who, who won the second or third biggest prize from lottery, but there were so many deaths in the family. Daughter died, uh, relatives died, and later on he said, I wish that I did not win this lottery. Life is more valuable than millions of dollars. What good is it? The Bible says, what good is it? You gain the entire world, and, but you lose your soul. What good is it? What good is it if you have a million dollar house, but there's a sadness, there's unhappiness in the family. Family members fighting each other, but they were in the past. What good is it? I'd rather live in a poor, run-down house and have a happy family than living in a million-dollar house and quarrels. That's what it says in the, in the Proverbs. Your life is more valuable than that. <coughs> Mankind was created by God and, and we are all equal. And I've watched some of the news that in Africa, this is tribal. I'm in this remote area. The mom looked at the newborn child and passed away because of lack of food, nutrition that mom had. And mom was crying big time. In South Central America, in jungle, Amazon jungle, the primitives, human beings, naked, but they're just living the life. But when their child passes away, they cry. It doesn't matter whether you're living in a Manhattan, New York, living in a million dollar you know, condo apartment, or you're living in a jungle. You don't have any clothes. They're all human beings. We are all created equal in the eyes of the Lord. You are so valuable in the eyes of the Lord. And God loves you. As much as they, God loves 
those people living in Africa or jungles is so precious in the eyes of the Lord. And God created each one of us. And He wants to bless you. But Satan robbed. You know, Satan is a liar. John chapter 10 verse 10. You know what Satan does? The thieves come. What does he do? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life. Not just the ordinary life. Everlasting life and abundant life. Satan is a liar. He destroys your life and my life. He causes conflict among our uh, friends and relatives and family members so that we would be distracted. Okay? Our mission is sh- sharing the gospel to other people. But if we have a quarrels, conflicts within ourselves, we're not going to be able to devote our lives for the evangelism, for sharing gospel. That's what Satan is doing right now. Why there are so many hatred and wars among nations, among generations. Why? That's Satan's scheme, distracting you and me from sharing the gospel. Why do we have a problem with employment? People lose jobs, people die, people divorce. Why? That's Satan's scheme. Satan's methodology of distracting you and me so that we would be totally uh, focused on something else other than sharing the gospel. Okay? We need to know Satan's scheme. We lost everything. The mankind lost everything. Take a look at Good Samaritan. The parables of Good Samaritan. There was a guy was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. On his way, walking, he got robbed. Not only he got robbed, he was totally beaten halfway to death. A lot of people passed by, but they didn't help. Who is that person that walking the path from Jerusalem to Jericho? That's you and me. We were born... We're walking our life's journey from Jerusalem to the death, Jericho. That's our course of life's journey. Along the way, we got robbed and we got severely beaten. By whom? Satan. And there is a good Samaritan came by and helped them. That is Jesus Christ. He helped. He helped you and me and set us free. And He put an arm around us, healed us, and even gave us money so that we could go back, stood up and go back. But what Satan does, he destroys. That thief is a Satan. He destroyed you and me and even to the last penny he took. We're totally lost. Satan robs you and me. But Jesus Christ is the one who heals us and loves us. The gospel is good news. And we deserve to die because of our sin of unbelief. But Jesus Christ, in spite of that, he loves you and me. He came into this world 2,000 years ago. He took the punishment that no one can take. The severe punishment. The walk to the Kolgotha, that hill where the cross was stood up. He took a great punishment and then he bled, bled to death. Can you imagine? Why? For your sin and my sin. Hebrew chapter 1 verse 9 says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. That's who Jesus Christ is. He loves you and me. But like I said in the past, earlier, 
we are bound to have problems. Why? Because we are not living in, in perfect heaven yet. Okay? Still, Satan is roaming around and looking for victims to devour. We need to understand the problems of, of mankind. If the problem that we're facing is a spiritual problem. That is the root cause of all the problems that we are having. Now, let me give you a little bit of my personal story. Before I come to this, came to, uh, came to, uh, before I come to this church, 20 years ago, I was uh, attending another church, and I used to make the uh, Sunday bulletin. You know that that you were you were having these bulletin on every. Right now, um, your father. Uh, Elder Bay is making this. Well, you need to know that, right? Did, did you know that Elder Bay was making this church bulletin every Saturday? He comes to church and makes the uh, uh, type it in and make the you know make a copy and and ma- make them available for us on every Sunday. Not only that, he translates um, what what do you call uh, not translation, but uh, he dictates. The sermon messages, and then he uh, he make it available and send it to us. Anyway, I was doing sort of that thing in in, in uh, many years ago, and Saturday I come in, and after I make an original one copy, and I try to use the uh, copy machine that we had over there. But most frustrating thing is, once it makes two three copies, then printer, you know, copy machine stuck. It stucks, okay? Paper got stuck, and I have to release that and, 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 and try over and over. And I, typically, it takes about less than five minutes to print like 150, uh, we had large members, so 150 copies or something like that. But it, instead of five minutes, it was taking hour and more than an hour. I, I ended up calling the uh, repairman, okay, please come on s- Saturday that when I use this. So he came in. You know what the root cause of that problem that, that we were having? It was not the copy machine because I cursed. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> I, I cursed at that copy machine. And what a stupid, you know, copy machine made in Japan and, and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> but it was not the copy machine as it turned out. It was the paper. Actually, it was the moisture, humidity. That church where the copy machine is, is situated, it was in a room. Every time there's rain, because the, uh, the area is very lower than the, the ground level, the water seeps through and can come back up. That copy machine room is filled with moisture. You, you will see that black you know, fungus all over the uh, wall. People, you know, I, I just make a quick, quick copy and leave, you know, because it requires quite a bit of structure change, so we, we couldn't afford to do repair. Anyway, the problem was because of the humidity level was so high, the paper, supposed to be pristine and flat, okay, and dry, so that when it moves, it, it comes out like that, and then you know, freshly and like a flying, but because of the paper uh, seeped through a lot of moisture, it could not go, you know, make a 360 degree turn. That's why it got stuck all the time. And the the, the, uh, the way they store these the paper that are unused paper was in stuck in the you know uh, in the copy machine. That's what we typically do, right? We leave the uh, unused paper in the copy machine but that was gaining so much moisture and causing that so he recommended not to do that so every time we finish copying I just take out the uh, leftover paper and store in a different place that solved the problem see until you find out the root cause we're going to have a continuous problems what is mankind's root cause problem. It's a spiritual problem. But we're trying to address all the symptoms. There was another story. There was a high school 
and uh, there were freshmen. Uh, every time that the, the new year, new school year, and there were uh, the girls, 12-year-old, you know, freshmen, ninth graders. Uh, they come to the restroom, and they they start putting on makeups, especially lipsticks. So they, I don't know, I didn't realize they they share lip lipstick with the, one another, and then after they put on lipsticks, you know what they do? They put put a lip on on the mirror, okay? Just just touch the mirror, and so you see the uh, the the greasy lip. And all of the mirrors, okay, more than a dozen. And the maintenance guy come in in the afternoon and was trying to, you know, clean that up. It was happening. He cleaned it up, and next day the girls put that lip lipstick on and put an imprint on the mirror again and again and again. It was he was so frustrated, and he reported to uh, principal. This is happening every day. It's taking too much of my time and frustration. It doesn't get erased easily. So the the principal talked to the girls, but but nothing has changed. So he had a um, she had a meeting. The principal had a meeting with maintenance person, and the girls invited the girls, you know, to the bathroom. Okay, please come. This is becoming a serious problem, taking too much of our, you know, <clears throat> time. So. The principal said, okay, this is happening again and again, and I want to show you how difficult it is to clean this up, you guys messed. Okay? So uh, she asked, the principal asked the maintenance guy, tell, t- show us how, you, uh, how much time it takes and how much ordeal uh, to clean it up. So, so he, he took us, the maintenance guy took a squeeze, okay? you know that squeeze that uh, the clean up the uh, windshield. He took that, and then he put that into the toilet water, and then uh, wiped it, wiped the uh, mirror. There was a silence. <laughs> From then on, no more lip <laughs> on the mirror <laughs> until there is a root cause resolved. Its problem is going to continue on. What is, what is the root cause of all the problems we're seeing? It's not materialistic problems. It's not a psychological problem, emotional problems. It's not a habitual problems. It's a spiritual problem. The real problem is coming from Genesis chapter 3. Okay? Until we acknowledge that and solve that problem, we're going to have a countless problems afterward. Just like this maintenance guy that I have continuous problem day in, day out, day, in, day out. Okay? Problem as you know, we're separated from God because of our unbelief that's still going on. Even the believers, even the Christians, unbelief, it's a cancer. We need to root that out. Unbelief and sin and Satan. And as a result, we became, became separated from God. Not only we became separated God, from God, we became slave to Satan. Okay? Satan became our master. And hatred and war, war after war, not only among nations, but in, among people, among family members, so much hatred and wars taking place and we became captive. Israelites, take a look at good example. Israelites, the history of Israel, they became captivity unto Babylon, many other different nations. And they became colonized by Romans. Okay? And they experienced the massacre. Millions of people Jewish people died during World War II by Nazis. Why? Why? Why is it happening only to the Jews? They are chosen generation, chosen nation, and yet they are suffering so many uh, issues. They are suffering so much. 
It's not just the story of Israel, but it's a story of our lives. We've been robbed. We've been stolen by Satan. What is the solution? Solution is in Jesus Christ. <coughs> what is the answer? Answer is in Jesus Christ. How do we receive that answer? Okay? This is how we receive the answer from God. John chapter 1 verse 12. Bible says, Yet to all who received Him, meaning to those who believe in His name, believing His name and receiving Him is the same thing. Okay? You cannot receive Him unless you believe Him. You cannot believe Him unless you receive Him. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Then He gave the right to become children of God. The question and answer. How can you become a child of God? There's no other way. But believe Him and receive Him as, as your Lord and Savior. Just because you attend the church week after week, that doesn't make you a child of God. Just because you donated and gave a lot of offerings to church, without your heart giving to Jesus Christ, doesn't make, it doesn't do any good. But believe Him and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Jesus said, Behold, what does behold mean? It means pay attention because I'm about to say very important past message. That's what behold means. Give me your attention. Look at me. Listen to me. That's what it means. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus Christ is knocking the door of your heart, even right now. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, the door of your heart, and I will come in and eat with him and he with me. In other words, I'm going to have a personal relationship with you if you open your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the promise of Jesus Christ. And Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, Everyone, it didn't say everyone except for Korean. It didn't say that. Everyone except for, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's no except. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. If you truly call on the name of the Lord, okay, and say, Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. I am sorry for my sin, but I accept you as my Lord and Savior. He says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For how long? Forever and ever. He does not change. God said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change His mind. He would not revert your salvation. He wouldn't do that. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, how do we receive the answer to the problems that we are facing? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you confess and believe Him as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is your mouth that you confess and saved. Okay? It is your mouth you confess and be saved. And it is your heart you believe and saved. What does justify means? Justified. I'm, I show that to you in the past. Justified. What does that mean? Easy to remember. Just if you have not sinned. God's going to restore your state. 
just as if you have not sinned. That's what justified means. In other words, sinless. In the eyes of the Lord, your sin is totally washed. As if you have never committed sin. That's the state that He's going to restore you back. Second Corinthians chapter six verse two. When is when should we receive this salvation? Bible says now is the day of salvation. When I preach the gospel, share the gospel to other people, they listen attentively. But later on, when I ask them, "Would you like to receive Christ Jesus?" says, "I'll do it later." But Bible says now is the day of salvation. Why? Because you do not know what the tomorrow is going to bring to you. You never know how long you're going to live. As you walk out, I hope nobody, have, you know, this happened to anybody. But we could get get car accident. Nobody knows. We do not hold our breath. We if we do not. Breathe for three three minutes and and thirty seconds. Thy kingdom comes. Nobody's going to be here. God's kingdom will come to you and me. Today, right now, is the day of salvation. Do not put it off. All right. So let me conclude. This is the conclusion. So what what we what do we need to hold on to? Number one, we need to let Jesus Christ. Be the king of our lives. Because John chapter 1 verse 3 and 8. 1 John 3 8 says, The reason why Jesus Christ came is to destroy Satan's work. He is the king. He is the master. He is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And he is in you and me right now. He is ruling. We need to... First, identify who we are. We are the children of God. We are the king's child. Okay? Remember that 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8? Even though we are hard-pressed on all corners, we're not crushed. That's who we are. And number two, find your own spiritual system, okay? which enables you to enjoy the presence of God. Find your own way to receive the blessing from God, spiritual blessing from God. That could be a prayer, that could be a praise, that could be the reading of the scriptures. But find your own spiritual system that you receive strength from that. Okay? And continuously at it. You know, our pastor... Uh, last couple of weeks, you know, Pastor Huang gave messages, and I don't know why, but I, I get up around five o'clock. Well, I get up around four o'clock because my wife gets up four o'clock. I have no choice. She makes noises, and uh, I'm, I'm not a, a deep sleeper in early in the morning sometimes. So I get up and my mind is alert, and I just stick around in, in the bed and lie down. And but I just decide to get up. You know, my normal get up time is around. 5, 10, 10 after 5. And um, I decided to get up and, and take a shower and, and finish my preparation early. And then I go to the living room. And Pastor said that, you know, I need to do, I mean, I need to follow what I preach, don't I? I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> so I, what I did was, I, I, you know, last couple of weeks I start sitting down before I go to work. I, I grab hold of the message and then and pray. Just five minutes. Boy, that makes a lot of difference. It changes my uh, attitude toward that day and toward me, toward work, toward Satan. The pastor said, bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. Crush the devil. I crush the devil. Spiritual battle. Grab hold of God's promise. Create some time, a quiet time with the Lord and enjoy. Find a time that you can receive the strength, spiritual strength from God. Then you will have a different vision. 
Surely it did happen to me. I'm telling you through my experience. My attitude, my, uh, my uh, 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 attitude toward work and, and, and other people is changing. I'm not perfect. It's not there yet. I'm just walking, crawling right now. Okay? But why don't you do that? Try yourself. Okay? Try the small thing. Don't, don't make up big goals and big uh, aims. Okay? Start with the little bit, little thing that you can accomplish. Okay? Little by little. Once you've accomplished that, just make, instead of making five minutes, maybe six minutes. Okay? Or add some reading scripture along with that. But add on to it. But do it. It makes a lot of difference. There is a lot of big difference. Big difference between not doing at all versus doing small thing first. Okay? So let me challenge you. Do not be just on the sideline, do nothing. But do something. Okay? Small things. Make a plan. Make a goal for this week. Just five minutes in the morning. We're so uh, get up just late in, in, in the morning and then we just hush, you know, hurry up and try to you know, fix up our uh, uh, hair and, and the face and whatever and then, then go to school and so forth. But get up five, five minutes earlier. Okay? Just five minutes. And then pray before you go to school and work. Find the, uh, your own spiritual uh, mechanism, way to receive the spiritual strength. Quiet time. Read prayer journals or read the scriptures and pray. pray. Amen? Amen. Alright, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us uh, this message. And Lord, we are tired of living the same old way of life. We want to change, but we don't have strength, Lord. Help us so that we can be, uh, receive strength. We can change for the, for the sake of kingdom. Your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.